Hello, hello. My name is Carla and welcome back to the Becoming Her podcast. On today's episode, we have one of the most charismatic guests, in my opinion. Uh, Beautiful and genuinely funny. She, I don't know, she just has a way of making me laugh and smile because she's telling you the truth with a little slap in there, but she makes it funny. So we're going to have a great conversation today and she's always teaching us on how to be the standard. Please welcome Marshana. Hi. Oh my goodness. Hi, Carla. What an introduction. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm glad. I'm glad you laughed because the people are like, oh my goodness, I love your content. You're always yelling at us. And I'm like, it's because I love you. It's with love. <laughs> no, no, no. You say it with love and and I and I get that. I feel like you're that cool auntie that everybody yes. to listen to. That's like the vibe that I get from you. And that's why I think it's just so funny because I could sense the frustration with some of the with some of your videos of like listen to me you need to listen I know what I'm telling you uh so that's why I think it's I don't know I, it's just funny and and you're you're I could tell that you're genuinely funny on screen and off screen like you just oh. that's just the vibe that <laughs> yeah thank you thank you I am definitely leaning into my auntie era I don't mind it and somebody's like oh you're only 42 you're too young to be an auntie I'm like no I embrace it I've been I've been waiting for my auntie years I'm ready <laughs> that's so funny um so our audience understands you a little bit more what got you into the social media space you know I've been on social media in so many different like aspects since the advent of social media dear my dear me um I go back to the myspace days with this but I digress <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I, I've, I've used my platform just, and I've been trying to find like, what's, what do people really want from me? And I spoke about formula one content for a while because I'm a huge fan of the sport. I still am. And every now and then I'm going to give you guys a dose of that. But because my background is a lot, a lot of people have seen me date on reality TV, even though it was a really, really long time ago. And now that I'm married, with a family and I have what reality TV and dating on TV could not give me. People are like, so how, what did work in the end? And I'm like, boom, I got you guys here. Here's the playbook. Let me give you the playbook. Nice. Yeah. And you know what, would you mind talking a little bit more about that era of your life? I find it so interesting that you were on TV. I had no idea. I had no idea that you were on TV. Um, But would you mind sharing a little bit? of that like what got you into reality tv in regards to you know finding your future partner hello marshana i cannot hear you i'm here can you hear me hello hello can you hear me yes i can hear you so weird it just times out it's strange um sorry i digress um but i um i got into reality tv in 2007 i had competed in beauty pageants and i was coming up to the point where i was going to be too old to compete to continue to compete in the miss new york usa pageant and i was just kind of thinking about what's next and my mother was a huge fan may, may she rest in peace my mother was a huge fan of the bachelor and so i was like you know what I went online and I just did their little online, you know, submission. And in those days you needed to like record a tape with like a camcorder, imagine, (laughs) and (laughs) mail it, you know, like FedEx to LA. And I went through the entire process, which was very rigorous, very grueling, but I was cast on the show and we started filming in what? Oh my God, January. 
of 2008. And then the show went um, live around March to May of 08. And that was just a great season. I almost regret that like social media really wasn't a thing in those days because it was really hard keeping up that momentum from the show, especially without social media. So anyway, I digress. It was, it was great. I did a lot. I did the talk show circuits. I did the Ellen DeGeneres show. I did a lot of things. Years later, Bravo comes calling. I was on a show called um, Friends to Lovers because the concept was more like everybody always says I married my best friend. So what would happen in this dating experience, experiment if we took friends like you bring your friend onto the show and try to make something romantic happen so I did that show in 2015 and then in 2020 I was on TLC but that had nothing to do with dating I had like foot surgery but I have a lot of experience (laughs) on TV that's so funny you say that and I didn't know about that experiment would you mind talking about like because I recently said this um, I said your husband is not your friend he is your husband or your partner is not your friend. He is your partner. How did that experiment go? Did something turn, did nothing turn out into something or like what, what were you? You know what? The funny thing is, is that we didn't work romantically, right? I was not his dream girl. I wasn't it. There, there is no, there is no way that you cannot fit a square peg into a round hole. So that wasn't it, but we are good friends. Like we're good friends to this day, not friends in, a, in an inappropriate way where we're texting and calling each other all the time and spending hours and hours on the phone when he's married with children and I'm married with my child. Like everybody lives their own life, but definitely on like the kids' birthdays or, or his birthday, like it'll be like, hey, hi, how are you? Happy birthday. And there's no love lost because we both want to respect our marriages. But if I were ever in a bind late at night, and I called my husband from prison because I got locked up and my husband didn't answer the phone. This is a person that I could call mm-hmm. and he would pick up and he would bail me out of jail. So we're, we're good people. That's so funny. But um, w- would you agree with that sentence? So that before you choose a part, because a lot of people say the same thing, like you want to be friends with your partner. And I, I think that there's a specific or a, how do I say this? An amount of respect that you need to have for your partner before you kind of categorize them into like, oh, we're friends. Um, I don't know. It never really worked out for me to think if I was going to date, like, oh, I, w- I couldn't see them as my friend just because I want that special treatment and that special respect. And I give that whenever I'm. Whenever I'm yeah, I, I hear you. I mean, I don't I don't I don't cross any boundaries with any male friends, particularly male friends where there was some sort of romantic previous connection. Right. Because my husband and my family are the priority, not my friends, you know. Um, but back to your point about is your is your husband your friend? Like my husband is my best friend. He is my life partner, but he's not my girlfriend. Yes. You know, yes. he's not my girlfriend. I've got girlfriends to be girlfriends. I don't need my husband to be my girlfriend. He is my friend. He is my best friend. If I have good news, bad news, he's like the person that is like at the top of the list. Like if you won the lottery, who do you call? Like you're excited. I would call my husband first, right? He is that for me, but he is definitely not my girlfriend. Yes. And a lot of people kind of confuse the two. They think that you're they try to mix those two together and then that that gets messy. And that's when I, I recently came out with a video saying that and a lot of people were like, no, I disagree. You have to be BFFs. And it's like, you can't be yeah. friends. Like, it's just, it's just different. <laughs> it's just different. It, it's different. The relationship I have with my girlfriends and the things that I would get on the phone to my girlfriends about is not the things that I would get on the phone to my husband about. Like, it's different. But like, listen, my husband and I, we are brutal. I feel sorry for people. If we are out and we like to people watch, 
You know what I mean? And the minute we get in the car and we close the door or we are roasting and toasting, <laughs> we are like, we're vicious. We're vicious. I hate to say it. We're harsh. So funny. But I wish I could do that with my husband. But I love people watching. My husband does too. But he looks at different things. And whenever I try to say something, he's like, I didn't see that. I'm like, oh my gosh, baby. It was like right in front of us. And he's so clueless when it comes to that stuff. It's so funny. Um, when, you know, when I first came across your content, you were speaking on becoming the standard. Would you mind speaking on what you mean by that? You know, I think women sometimes feel like they have to lead with um, their list of like, th these are the, my, my rules of engagement. You have to do this. I don't do that. I'm not that kind of girl. And I don't know if they think that that's going to get them the results that they want, or that's going to command them a certain level of respect from men, but that does not work. You know, I once knew a girl and she was extremely pathetic and I'm sure she's still pathetic, but <laughs> her way of dealing with the men was, 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 was so backwards. She, she led with this like really like abrasive, you know, I, I don't know how to describe it. Right. And it was always like, well, I told you, um, that's not the kind of girl I am. I told you I needed consistency. I told you this and I told you that, but the women who actually get consistency, and get the kind of man and the kind of reward that they're looking for, the kind of like outcome, are the women who just simply are that girl. They, they just be their standards. They just walk into a room and, and the energy is there. Like men already know, like this one, I, I just can't play with her. Like I'm looking at her and I already know. The way you carry yourself, the way you speak, the way you present, the things you say, the things you don't say, you know, your aesthetic, your charm, your demeanor, the tone of your voice. You know, there's so many ways that you can be that girl without feeling like you've got to put your index finger up, wag it back and forth and talk down to a man. They, they don't want that. Yeah, no, no. I completely agree. So when I, when I first saw that video, I'm like, she gets it. She gets it. She knows exactly what I'm talking about. She knows, um, you know, because we all have our own different styles. Like for me, it would be like, oh... Uh, high value women, feminine energy, but you're just like, girl, you don't have to say what you want. You just have to be what you want to receive. That's it. That that um that attention, that attraction, that treatment. And I love that you said that because it also keeps us as women accountable, which is a mm -hmm. lot hard for a lot of us that are not in that space of growth, um, because they want this treatment from men. But it's like, honey. You got to put in the work. Okay, you want these things, but um, you you need to become her. Like, you need to become the standard, how you were saying. So yeah. I agree with you on that. Did you receive backlash whenever you, um, whenever you said that? I mean, I didn't receive a lot of backlash. I received so much love on that video. I think it's like one of my like most popular video. It is actually, I think, um, on, on TikTok. So I didn't get that much. But, you know, of course, there were there's that corner of TikTok. You know, there's that corner of the web that just has to like have that contrary voice. And what I say to that contrary voice is this. Is what you're doing working for you? No, no, no. Tell me. Tell me if putting the finger up, wagging it back and forth, being demanding, is it working? And the answer is always a resounding no. It doesn't work. And you know what I don't argue with? Results. And every time in my dating that I felt like I had to like sit here and lay out, it never, ever worked. It never works. So you can do this the long way. 
or you can do this a short way. And the shortest way to get to where you want to be is to become her, to be that girl and invest in whatever it takes to get you to that point. Because Ooh, say it again. In- <laughs> girl. <laughs> it's an investment. It's an investment. You know, everything I did on the way to becoming that girl, I started when I was 35, just to give people a scope, and I'm 42 now. So I started when I was 35. I met my husband when I was 37. So dating from the age of 18 to dating at the age of 35, okay? (laughs) Long time. But in two years of making that investment into myself, I was able to change my outcomes dramatically, get married, the end. And I invested in that. You know, none of it was free. I just, that's that's all I have to say. None of it was free. So invest in whatever it is you have to invest in to get to that point, because the sooner you get there, the sooner you're going to see the reward and the return in your life overall, not just in dating. This is like, these have overarching benefits, right? So if you do the work now, like just put your head down because the time is going to pass no matter what. So make, We lost you. You cut off. Wait, hold on. Wait, can you hear me? Can you hear me? It's so weird. I don't know what's wrong with this app. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Um, No, what I was just saying, it's just like whatever you got to do to invest in yourself to get there, you have to get there because the sooner you get there, the better for you because it has so many overarching benefits, not just to yourself in dating, but in your life, in your career, in your friendships, like you, you just don't lose. You just don't lose. Exactly. And you know what? That's so funny you say that because I recently had one of my uh, ladies, you know, reach out and say, you know, I'm so grateful that I decided to work with you and I decided to book your one-on-one sessions because you've helped me in every area of my life. It's not just with dating, but because with dating, everything is so amplified. That's why I say the way that you handle your relationship, romantic relationships is how you handle all of your relationships, professionally, family-wise, everything. But when you're romantic with someone, it's just amplified because you're being more intimate with them. You're you're opening up in a different way. So it shows you all your scars. And that's why it's it's such like a hot topic. But the but the reality is that the way that you handle one thing is how you do everything. So whenever I, you know, I do my one-on-one sessions, I tell them we need a we need to figure out a two-year plan for you. And from there, I say because I always say like how you do one thing is how you do everything. Not just one relationships matter. Every relationship matters. And sure enough, as soon as we started to flow with her goals, what she wanted and everything started to align. She's like, Carla, I thought you were kidding when you said that I was going to attract a lot of men. I'm attracting men wherever I go. And I was like, girl, I'm telling you, it's the energy. It's the vibe. It's your, it's, you're becoming that boundary. You're becoming her who you want to be. And you're in that state of mind. So attraction and attracting men is not a big deal. It's just how you were saying the um, the overarching benefits of of putting in the work and investing in yourself. And she's like, I am so grateful. So now she's at a place where she wants to be. But how you were saying, invest, put in the time, invest. You know, it's not just mentally and mindset. It's also physically go to the gym, get a gym membership. Oh, honey, I spent... About $10,000 on dental work. My teeth were my biggest insecurity. They needed to be done and it just needed to be done. So from, I got um, a gum graft surgery. That was money. Um, I got four teeth removed. 
Okay. I got braces as an adult. I to correct my profile um, and all of that stuff. I didn't do any veneers or anything like that, but like just from the gum surgery to the, to the, um, the removing of the teeth and the braces, you know, I get my teeth cleaned every 90 days. I don't even wait. I, I mean, the people who can get their teeth cleaned twice a year, I love you guys. But for me having that really white, really clean, really like pristine smile made such a difference. And I had all of these plans for what I was going to do, you know, because while I was leveling up and going to therapy and taking etiquette lessons and a styling course and all the things that I was doing, and, you know, I've got my braces on and life is changing for me. I'm, I'm traveling the world. I'm doing all these great things. I was like, when I get these braces off, I'm going outside. I'm going to date. I'm going to take my new <laughs> smile on the road. It never happened. It never happened. I met my husband with a face full of braces. So and he was like, uh-uh, come here. That's mine. That's my wife. I'm taking her <laughs> off the market right now. And that was it. <laughs> so funny. I love that. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, let's go ahead and talk about boundaries. In one of your videos, you talk about how as being the standard, you never have to demand your boundaries with a man. I know we talked about it briefly, but would you mind explaining what you meant? Like, I know a lot of people get confused whenever I say like set your boundaries when I say set your boundaries I'm not talking about you know waving your finger up and saying I don't do that no and I think you understand where I'm going with this so how does someone set boundaries you know the way to set boundaries I've discovered is knowing when to say yes and when to say no mm -hmm. and if you know where to use these words you will just automatically be enforcing your boundaries without necessarily saying this. For example, a boundary that you speak about quite often is no sleepovers, right? Mm -hmm. I think that when the man offers the lady um, a sleepover and says, come over, you just say, no, mm -hmm. no, thank you. No, I'm going to go home. That's it. That's it. Like you don't need to get into the long drawn out explanation as to why you're saying no. And I think this is so important. And I, I, I encourage all my friends. I'm, I'm the queen of no period. No, not no comma and an explanation because the more you explain your no, you almost give them a, a pathway to, to counter every single reason that you've listed. Yes. You know, yeah. Oh, I want to go home. Oh, I don't feel comfortable. Oh, you can feel safe with me. Oh, I didn't bring a toothbrush. I've got one at my house. Oh, but I don't have clothes to wear tomorrow. I'll pick you up something. Like every time you give that reason and you, you'll never usually tend to give the reason that's the truth because the truth is, you know what? I don't want to. You don't really want to say that. So you'll try to let him down easy and like explain yourself. And it's like, women, stop explaining yourself because if a man cannot respect your no, he doesn't respect you. Mm -hmm. So that's it. So if you've made a rule for yourself and you say, I don't go on dates at restaurants that end in apostrophe S <laughs> and he invites you to Applebee's, you just got to <laughs> say no. <laughs> okay. I tell you, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> that was a real boundary for me. If it ends in apostrophe S, chilies, Applebee's, Fridays, you're going to take somebody else, but you're not going to take me. Now, when you say that to a man, if you literally say to him, like, I don't go, I don't go to places that end in apostrophe S, they're going to be like, oh my God, she's so stuck up. But if you just simply say, oh no, thank you. Or, you know, 
that I'm not available that day, even though you are, but you're just not available to go to Applebee's. You get what I'm saying? So like, know what your standards and your boundaries are for yourself and, you know, cut the long drawn out explanations because it gives them a, a you know, a, a foot in to kind of like counter you, if that makes sense. Yes. And then you get shaky and then you're like, um, but what do I say? And it's like, you, a simple no is enough. I think I, I, it was really hard for me growing up saying no. So in high school, I literally carried around a sticky note. <sighs> everywhere I went that I, and I would write it every single day in, my, in first period I would say a simple no is enough and I would carry it around with me everywhere because I'm, I'm the oldest child and like I was a people pleaser and at some point I was like I'm tired of this like this is not beneficial and I need to learn how to say no and so then I started you know writing that down I was like a simple no is enough stop explaining and then I stopped oversharing because when you stop explaining you stop oversharing and you don't yeah it just goes hand in hand. So I completely agree with you on that one. Like no is my favorite word in the dictionary. Like it, 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 it does so much for me. You know, no is just the best. And and for people who struggle with, with saying no, there's a song I want you guys to look up on YouTube. It's from Sesame Street. Okay. And it's called The Word is No. <laughs> like, and the word is no, 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 no. I want y'all to go home and listen to that because <laughs> you need to learn. <laughs> I agree. Practice how to say no. I mean, your three-year-old self would have been a pro at saying no. Now what happened? Let's let's practice saying no whenever we feel uncomfortable. And that's why I say don't put yourself in situations where you have to overshare or overexplain yourself. Okay. If you know that your boundaries, no sleepovers, don't go over to his house. Just like if he offers, say no, or don't plan dates that are at his house. That's another one. I don't understand. Yeah. Or these ladies are getting how low their standards are that they're like, but what if we want to go over to hang out or for our first date? It's like, honey, you should have you should not be at inside his house the first couple of dates. Like that that should be a no-brainer. But these ladies, I don't know. I don't know. That's not like, don't don't just don't go there. Um yeah. would you mind sharing like maybe one or two boundaries you had when you were dating? Um, yeah, you know, for me, uh, boundaries with dating is again, we, the, the same one, like don't, don't, don't ever invite me at your house. Don't tell me you're going to cook. Don't tell me you're going to do anything like that because I'm definitely not going. If you know how to properly court a lady, you would understand that that's, you know, a thing. Um, another boundary for me was definitely like opening doors. Yeah. You know, if you came to pick me up or if we were at the point where you knew my address to pick me up. You definitely have to come around, open the door, be a gentleman, open the door to the restaurant at minimum, you know, um, open the door. But like actually and go and knock at your door. Maybe I, it might sound a little, I think at that point when you gave them your address you feel comfortable enough to like for him to knock at knock or say that he's there. Um, maybe because, sorry, I cut you off, but maybe just, I'm okay. Just for me, just because I was still living with my parents, like it was really important for the guys that I would see and give the opportunity to to actually show their face um, and like be a man about it. Because nowadays it's so easy for them to just text you and be like, hey, I'm here. And it's like, no, honey, you get off your car. You make your your presence known that you are going to take responsibility of my safety for one, two hours, whatever then we leave like it's not like a honk or a text message um that i i know some ladies are are used to that so just putting that out there so you guys yeah i mean it it, it matters you know and, and and another one for me is that if we're out at a restaurant and i'm on a date with a gentleman and um the 
server has, we've both ordered drinks. Let's assume it's wine and the wine is on the table. The glass has been poured. I am not going to touch my glass Mm -hmm. until the gentleman does. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to give the gentleman the opportunity to be a gentleman and raise a toast to say to a first date or to meeting you or something. If he just picks up that glass and starts drinking, well, then I'm free to drink. Okay, I'm off the hook because I, as the lady, gave the gentleman an opportunity. But it just kind of, to me, just shows a little lack of the level of refinement that I'm looking for in my life and in dating. So that was just kind of something else that I would just like pay attention to. Obviously, the way they treated servers and if they had road rage, you know, you get in the car with somebody and then everybody outside the car is an idiot. Why? You know, um, d- these were just things that I was looking for that were boundaries for me. Because if somebody was willing to have that level of rage around me, I just felt like they didn't respect me. You know, that's all. Mm-hmm. I agree. I totally agree. And since we're talking about the subject of dating, were you rotational dating whenever you met your, I know we've talked about this before, but uh, did you practice rotational dating? Yeah, I don't think that there's a reason for women to take themselves off the market until there's a reason to take themselves off the market. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like we are we are not allowing these men to compete for our affection, to compete for our time, to compete for our love. You know, that that is that is that I don't give that away for free. You you can't just you can't just take me off the market. No, no, no. There has to be something substantial. And I'm going to date as many people as I can. Now, ladies, please pay attention. I didn't say sleep with Okay. I said, date, we're going outside during the daytime or maybe in the early evening and we are entertaining suitors. Okay. Is your dance card full? It should be. It should be. And I get it. We're so sometimes anxious or eager to look for commitment that we don't really give ourselves that opportunity to date. And you need to date. So my husband, I would schedule multiple dates a day. My husband was date number two on a three date day. And he knew about date number one and date number three. (laughs) And he he was a little bit like sad. He was like, oh my God, I got a Sunday at 4 p.m. Like I didn't even get prime time. And I'm like, that's what I got. (laughs) Like, that's what I got. I got Sunday at four. Okay. And we met up and we had a great time. And you know, my third date went well or whatever the case may be. But the very next day, my husband was like, no, I want a proper date, prime time, like eight o'clock. Like, I'll come pick you up at work. I'll take you to dinner. I'll bring you home. And he did exactly that. So I think that rotational dating is good, not just for us as women to, you know, entertain as many prospects as we can, but for these men to understand, like, I just can't have her. She's just not ready and just ready to jump into a relationship no matter what. He should be able to show himself, you know, worthy. Mm-hmm. I agree. And that's so funny you say that. It was the same thing for me with my That's why I'm saying, ladies, don't settle. That was the same thing with my husband. I had two dates of like weeks, two weeks of dates planned out. And my husband made sure that every other day I was seeing him or he would like show up at work with, you know, pick me up or where are we going? Like he would make sure that he was like there. He was there. Because he wanted to put a ring on it. And he did. And I remember on our third date, he was like, I have one year to show you that I'm the one for you. And I was like, oh, really? And he's like, oh, yeah, I do. And And you know what? That's generous. That is generous timing. It was worse for me. Somebody had six months with me to, like, (laughs) make. if If you couldn't show me in six months, 180 days, that you 
had the potential to be my life partner, my husband, you had to go. Marry me or go to hell. I I'm not doing this with you. That's so funny. And again, remember, ladies, this isn't communicated to the men. This is no, no. This is <laughs> yeah, it's because they, it, I'm telling you, sometimes they take it out of context and they say the same, they say these things to their guys and to their men. And I'm like, no, ladies, you, you keep this between us here. You us. Keep this between <laughs> us. You, you don't say that to them. You, you keep it in your mind and then you, you know, you set the standard and become the standard by doing so. Um, but same thing with me. I mean, we, we ended up getting married pretty just like you early in our relationship, like three or four months of us um, dating. And it just ended up working out. I mean, we knew what we wanted. We were set on our goals. He was already making changes. Like I told him that he needed to make specific changes. And there were big ones, big career changes. And he did. And he did everything just because he wanted, you know, he wanted to be with me for life. And that's what we're doing now. So um, I'm very happy and glad that we both experienced the same thing. And also that we experienced it. That's why I'm going to talk about that later, but that we experienced it in different, uh, different phases and seasons of our life. We had the, right. the same mindset. We had everything, but we, you know, we, we're, we have a different age gap. And I love that because a lot of women, when they work with me, they're like, let's be realistic. I'm so-and-so age. I'm like, girl it's never too late it's all on the mindset if you're already telling yourself that then how do you expect for there to be change how how it doesn't yeah it, th that doesn't matter but for me i i always encourage women that are marriage-minded obviously if you're a woman who's not marriage-minded this conversation is not for you yeah. if you are though you have to, I don't believe in playing the long game to marriage and the women that play the long game to marriage usually get the really bad deal in marriage. If you're two, three, four, five, six years of dating, then hoping and waiting and playing this long game, I'm not playing that game with you. I need to play the shortest game to marriage because I need to start earning equity in this relationship as soon as possible. And yes, being a wife earns you equity. Okay. It just does. And I know that we want to think that, but why do we say that women who dated for 10 years, hello, Ariana Maddox, mm -hmm. Tom Sandoval. Why do we say that women who were dating for 10 years and never married wasted their time? Because that's exactly what it is. It is a waste of your time. It would have been better for Ariana to have been married to Tom 10 years and then the relationship dissolves. And then now we can really talk about what was my value that I added to this relationship and what can I recoup on the back end because we're going separate ways now, right? These businesses that you've built, you've built on my time. You know, these things that you've done, you've done on my watch. I think that that's important. So for me, I don't wanna lose equity sitting here playing the long game, just wearing him down. And then maybe if he feels like he, because if a man's dating you for three, four, five, six, seven, eight years, he's, he's thinking he can find better mm -hmm. still. I have a video and it blew up like a while ago. And I say, you know, the rule is there's exceptions, but the rule is two years max. Max. Here's max ladies. And that's why I say our time is more valuable. And I, and I talk about if, how you were saying if your mindset is more on marriage and if you do want to create that family you do want children then this is this message is for you your time is more valuable ladies because you are you are at a like it or not it's it's a ticking time bomb i don't want to say that but it, it is it is it is what it is and men can create babies like whatever 
they, they, they will be able to, you know, make babies. But us as women, we are not as blessed or as fortunate to be in that position where we can have like a full, I guess, lifetime. But I'm glad that we have it that way because then that, that's why we have to be picky. That's why we have to choose the best. That's why we need for them to be, you know, competitive. And that's why I say to know your value and know your worth, because once you know that, you'll understand that your time is extremely valuable and you'll treat it like that. If you, you'll treat it like that. Yeah. If, if you are like delusional, because a lot of these women are delusional that, oh, it doesn't matter. I've been together for three, four five years. That's cool if you're cool with it. But for someone like me that understands her worth and her value and what um, just me in general, I'm... I'm sorry, I have no time for that. Next caller, how what um, Ava says it, the, uh, <laughs> what's the the bestie next door or your bestie next door. Yes. Next caller, I love her. She's so funny, but it's true. Like next caller, who's next? Like, so I, I agree with you on that in regards to time. Like our time is valuable, and how you were saying, uh, don't don't lose equity. Like build on your equity with your relationship, and it's true. Would you mind talking a little bit more about that? What you mean by you know building equity and or not wanting to lose your equity in a relationship? So here's the thing: if if a woman is marriage minded, right, and her, the goal of of one of the goals of of the marriage is to produce children, let's assume that this woman has a career or not. But let's assume she may have had a career, whether it's a mid-level, entry-level, or senior-level career. When it comes time to reproduce and make these babies, she is going to make the most sacrifice, Mm -hmm. okay? In terms of her career, her well-being, her time, her investment, her body, everything is coming out of this woman to dedicate herself to her family and her children and her husband. Now, this... I'm. Y'all are going to be mad. Some of y'all are going to be mad. But this is why I don't believe that women should make children unless they have the commitment of marriage first. I know. I know. I know. That's, y'all are going to at me. That's in question? That's in question? I'm sorry. It is, though. Listen, Carla, I could tell you some things that come through my DMs. I could tell you some things. But... <laughs> But, 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 but let's just, let's just, let's just assume that this podcast is is geared towards women who are marriage minded and the goal of their marriage is children and they would not consider making children outside of marriage. Let's just, let's just assume, let's just assume, right? So if you're that girl, right, and you are going to be sacrificing in the relationship, we talked about this in terms of health, body, mind, career, everything else. You need to be married, right? And you need to be married early on because let's do some math, okay? When it comes to the United States Social Security, which yes, everybody says Social Security is going to be bankrupt by the time we get older, but let's just assume Social Security is going to be there. You as the woman, if you were married for 10 years, even if you divorce, when it comes time for you to retire, you can retire based off of your husband's income. Now, it doesn't take away from the money that he will collect from social security, but you can now go based off of his income. Why is this important? It's important because you have sacrificed years that you would have been working to pay into the social security system, right? And you need to go based off of his income. So that way in the end, when you're in your latter years, when your children are grown and they don't, you know, they're not coming to check 
they're only calling you on Mother's Day and Christmas. You need something. That's just one way, right? But there are other ways that you earn equity. The longer you've been married, you lived in the marital home, you poured into the marital home, you sacrificed, right? These are the assets that he's acquired in the time or that you both have acquired in the time. You are earning equity because if after seven years, you're just a girlfriend or even after six years, five years, you don't have any equity. The sacrifice that you made to yourself and the family and the children are just that, a sacrifice, nothing more and nothing less. So I think that it is worthwhile for women to choose relationships and marriage that either protect them financially or reinforce their already stable financial position because you're going to make more sacrifices in the end and you're going to need your husband. And I know people don't want to say, oh, I don't need my husband. I don't need a man. I need my husband to be at his top peak earning potential during these years when our son is small and we are married. Because in the end, whether we stay together forever, which I hope to God we do, or we don't, I've been building equity this whole time and I will be protected because my of my husband's position. I hope this makes sense to somebody, but that's just how I feel. No, no, no. And I like that you're pointing these things out and you say it in such a realistic way, like wake up call, because we have a lot of ladies that are don't understand the value of marriage and um and in a way I think have been sold this misconception of marriage is just a piece of paper but in reality uh. not it's not it's a protect it protects you so much it protects you as a woman and that's why men don't really not all men but you know it's harder for men to give that up because they understand what that what marriage means for both obviously it's it's a union there's weight but they also understand that it's also it provides protection for the woman and it is more beneficial for the woman to get married because of x y and z but we're making those sacrifices again speaking to people that want to create a family and want to have children we are making that sacrifice that is a lifelong sacrifice like it it does not stop once your child turns 18 like they are forever going to be like living like you want them to live and yeah it's a lot it's a lifelong sacrifice so of course you should have protection over that and 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 i and sorry to cut you off i just want to clarify that to single mothers listening to this podcast we are not judging you continue carla we're not we're not judging you that everybody has different um everybody has different backgrounds different scenarios and like my mom was also a single mom for, you know, a, a good chunk of my of my youth. And it's it's different. We're speaking to the women that are in the process of dating and are leveling up and are looking to see, you know, d- dating for marriage. We're, we're encouraging them to date for marriage so that they don't have to, I don't know, just reconstructing mindsets. That's why I always say we're, we're restoring mindsets. Like the fact that we're talking about that you should be married before having children i it's a that's crazy that's why i say restoring healthy mindsets it is healthy to be in union before you start having children just there's reasons for that there are reasons for that and like i said i get a lot of single uh, mothers who come into my dms and you know they're 
also in a process, you know, of wanting to level up. And I think it's even more important for our single mothers who are out there listening to join this community and get marriage minded now, because now it's you and your child or children, and you need to date like your life depends on it, like your children's lives depend on it, because they do. You literally don't have the time to play around with these guys who aren't marriage minded, who aren't family minded, who aren't going to embrace you and your child or children as a unit that he can add to build, lift up, provide, and protect for. So it's even more important. We're not here to judge you, but it's even more important. And if you're a woman and you are still child-free and you are single and you're looking to get married, we are encouraging you to marry first, marry stable, marry well, marry, you know, a fit person mentally, emotionally, every which way. So that way you can start off the best foundation for your family. Exactly. And that's another thing that I wanted to touch on on my for the single for the single ladies and don't think that it's impossible for you to find a partner there are good men out there good family oriented men out there that will take you and your family and provide for you coming from personal experience my mom came into the relationship with my now father and they you know my mom had me and my brother and my dad provided for us all our lives he even adopted us and my mom, she was able to enjoy being a stay-at-home mom through most of my teenage years. And she was able to have that lifestyle because, you know, my dad was making enough income to do that. And he never treated us, you know, he did his best. And, and I'm so grateful and thankful for that. But to say the least, like there's men out there like that. You just have to be wise as a woman to choose because my mom stopped choosing men that she would tell me all the time she's like I just started choosing men that was like a good father that would be a good father figure for you that meant he needed to be family oriented he needed to be a man of his word he needed to be a man I wasn't looking to play games my you know and how you were saying that you should you need to start treating dating in a di in a different way especially when you are a single mom you're not looking for just you anymore you're looking for you and your family and your children so I completely agree with you on that Absolutely, because I, I'm an up, I am a, my husband is upcycled. I've, I've spoken about this before, and I use the term upcycle to mean a divorcee. I don't want the divorcees listening to this to feel like there's no life after divorce. I really feel like, for me, the older that I got in dating, um, I began exclusively dating divorcees, you know, and I had my reasons for that. But my husband's first wife, he was her second husband and he married her and took in her child as well. So it's not to say, even though they didn't have a child together, that there aren't men out there who will take you, love you, marry you and give you a good life because I've, I know that my husband did it before, you know? So that, that's, I just don't want to, I don't want people to feel like we're trying to kill hope mm -hmm. or something, you know, cause we're not, we're actually trying to give you all exactly. more hope. hope. Yes, because there is, and it's, and there's good men out there. Don't let social media tell you otherwise. There's a lot of good men out there that are willing to give and they're are very generous. Um, so I'm glad that we both can agree on that. And, you know, in your opinion, what should young ladies be looking out for in men whenever they date? Oh man, you know, I really want to kill romance. I think I think this idea of love and romance is is complete nonsense and it's a farce. Okay. Um <laughs> no, no, I agree. I have a video that I say. Don't marry for love. Like, do for love, girls. Like, oh. once you understand that concept, you'll know. You'll know what I mean. Oh, 
back and talk. You'll know what I mean. I just, I really, I, I don't want you to look for love. I don't want you to look for butterflies. I actually want to murder every one of those butterflies that you feel. Uh, Tell us why. Tell us. Because you shouldn't fall into anything. If you, if you, if you've taken a fall, that means you've lost control. Okay, you can't stand upright. You are tumbling at the speed of gravity towards the ground because you have lost control. Something has gotten in your way and you've tripped and fell. Don't fall into love. Don't fall into anybody. Use a level head and use your brain over your heart. Because I do believe that as women, we can we can grow to love anything. I I could have I could have fallen in love with a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I could have fallen in love with an inanimate object, okay? Because here's what, if you get into a relationship for love and you get all the feelings and you get all the butterflies and the passion and everything is so great, and, oh my God, it's a 10 out of 10, da, 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 da. That always fades. You can count on it, just like looks fade, whatever, fade. that is going to fade. And then when that falls away, you're gonna feel like maybe the relationship is over or maybe, you know, maybe the relationship is run its course because that feeling has gone, but oh, no, no, no. If you date the right way, if you choose your values first, I put out a video about that. If you choose your values first, your standards first, the level of provision first, the level of man you want first, your 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 priorities first, and then you look for men that fit that, and then look at that lot of men and tell me if there are any of those men that you could be compatible with, that maybe you find attractive, that you can build something with, because then, let me tell you something. Then the love grows. You don't start off on this high and then feel like you fell off a cliff when you fall in love. No, no, no. This way, right? You start out with a clear level head. And as you get to know him and as you get to be with him and as the more you get to learn about him, the love grows. My love for my husband has grown. I walked into the cheese course in Plantation, Florida on July 1st, 2018 to meet my husband for the first time. Okay. And this July 1st will be five years together. Total, we've been married three and change, three and a half years. And I love him more now. And my love continues to grow for him. I, I, I don't know. I get people say they fell out of love, but I'm like, I think you fell out of hormones. <laughs> you know, all the, <laughs> that little dopamine hit you had in the beginning, you ran out of that. And then you feel like you're going to throw the relationship away. And we see people throw away their families. And everything because they say, oh, we fell out of love. And I'm not here to deny that that's not a real phenomenon. But what I think lead women, to answer your question specifically, what women need to be looking out for is, number one, and this, this is me, don't, it don't got to be y'all number one, can he provide? Does he have a provider mindset and mentality, right? We don't know if we like him yet. We don't know if he's cute yet. We don't know anything else. But let's start there. Oh. He has a, a provider heart and a provider mindset. Boom. Now let's get into what are his family values? Boom. What is his faith system? Okay. Now, is he kind? Okay. Is he dedicated? Is he hardworking? How does he treat his family? And we can go from there. Because for me, I start out with the provider like thing because if you can't provide, I don't care how cute you are. I don't care how nice you treat your mama. Mm-hmm. I don't care how cute you think you are. We ain't got nothing to talk about. Okay. Because me and the kids need to live in some sort of, you know, security, right? I'm looking for security first and foremost. But ladies, organize that list any way you want. But please just don't put love at the top of it, you know? Actually, why I say create your list of threes. And I actually have a handout. So, ladies, if you're listening to this, I'm probably going to make a video on this later. But um, 
I have a, I, it used to be free, now it's not, but um, I have a downloadable handout where you can build a list of threes. That's how I found my man. And same thing. I first established the personality types, personality that I want, three, three personality traits, then my three non-negotiables, and then three physical aspects is at the bottom. You have to be realistic when it, when it comes to love and you have to you have to really think about what you need and not what you want because there's two different things for example i need and will always need a provider man a provider mindset man because i find that attractive and that is attractive in general that's showing me that a man knows responsibility and he knows his role as a man he's not afraid of being a man and he's comfortable being in his masculine energy so when it comes to being a provider mindset type of man it goes with a lot more a lot more is attached to that that's why we say it just like provider mindset it's it's key and it's important for you to have that because with provider mindset comes family being able to be in his masculine energy knowing how to mm-hmm. make decisions to be able to provide for you leadership it comes with so much um but it's in one 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 word provider he he has to be because with that is attached to the qualities so with that list that I provide for you, it really breaks it down on how to prioritize. And whenever you do start giving men the opportunity to get to know you, you have, um, I guess, like prerequisites before you actually see them and meet them in person. You have, you have prerequisites. That is just what you need in order to schedule or, you know, go out on a date to continue getting to know this person. So I completely agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. I just feel like we date backwards. And I was doing a video about, I did a video about this the other day. Like you cannot choose the guy first. And it's so sad because a lot of the way that we structure dating in our society is we choose, we literally choose the guy first, especially if you meet on a dating app, like how I met my husband, you either going to swipe left or swipe right first. You look at him and you think you, oh, do I like him? And, or girls think, oh, is he cute? Like, eh, I'm reading that profile first. Exactly. You know, unless the picture is completely egregious. Okay, come on now. Within reason. Within, within reason. But I'm, I'm reading your profile first. I'm looking at education level. I'm looking at, okay, career. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at that. You know, I'm going down LinkedIn. I'm doing a deep dive. I'm looking at a few things first. I'm looking at your faith base, your politics, your things like that first. And then I can decide if I want to swipe right or left. But if you're the kind of person that swipes left or right just solely based on the picture, you're going to miss out. You're gonna miss out. Mm-hmm. I know. I completely, I completely agree. And um, same with me. I know that I've been married. Uh, what is it? I haven't been married as long as you, uh, but I have been married for a year. It's um, it's about to be a year. May twenty seventh mm. be a year. And I can tell you that I my love for my husband has grown in. It's something that you have to experience, and I'm so in love and. It, now I how do I say it I'm in love because I see him for who he for who he is like he's showing me who he is and he makes me fall in love every day it's like um it's like an everyday thing you wake up and you pursue he pursues and it's a it's a beautiful thing and I love how you said we can grow to love anything that's why the I don't know if you watch a tv show the queen charlotte one I'm gonna make a video on that but mm, no I don't watch it okay tell me watch it it's on Bridgerton but it's basically like they're talking about the the history of Queen Charlotte and King George and how they like forced them to get married within a week and she had no idea who this person was but it shows you so re- it's so realistic on how marriage should should be you learn to love you learn to love the person 
and you do it for a purpose. You do it for your family. You do it for, um, in their case, it was a, a whole country, their kingdom. And they learn how to work together and they end up falling in love so deeply with each other because they start learning one another and admiring each other. And it's a beautiful show. I'm, I'm going to make probably TikTok videos on it because that I think is more realistic as a as opposed to us feeling this, um, how you said, like dating backwards don't don't do that <laughs> don't do is not why so i recommend for you to watch it if you haven't yet marshana it's like it's a really good show the i'll end- watch it i'll watch it my then he had me on a chokehold me and my husband were crying at the end <laughs> we're like oh Oh, okay. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Yeah, because I, you know, and this is why I, I think that the, the Indian style of matchmaking, I, I, I support it. I and mean, I don't know if you watch Indian matchmaking, but um, I am I am a real proponent of you can get together first, marry first, and then the love grows. I, as long as compatibility factors are there, but then that's based on this list, just like you said. Like, so if you have your compatibility factors in, in, in order, you know, based just like how you say you have that printout, then I think you, if you're looking at that as the foundation, because that's really what you're going to build your relationship on. You can't build that relationship on love. Exactly. I completely agree with you. And since we are coming close to an end here, um, I do want to ask you, do you have any words of wisdom for women that find themselves in a position to start dating? What would you recommend for, for them to do before they even go to therapy? Go to therapy. Go to therapy Therapy's number one. Therapy is number one because you can do all of the things, right? You can level up, you can get the style, you can get this, you can do, you can do everything you want, but you, and you may even get the relationship that you say you want, but then you'll throw it all away. You'll throw it all away. You need to learn how, if you don't already know how, right? Or if you're not already in therapy, um, I would say start with that because you need to learn how to know what your triggers are, understand how to be a good steward of your own emotions and how you relate to your childhood self, you know, and just learning how to be better in all of your relationships. Because just like you said at the top of this podcast, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And I think if you start there, fine. So for those of you who already have the therapy piece under control, um, then I really feel like the next thing is, is to prioritize your values, um, work with a dating coach or a life coach if you can, take some etiquette lessons, please, I beseech you. Um, definitely learn about your style. Okay. I know you offer, I know you offer all encompassing, um, things this way, Carla, uh, but work with somebody. We don't know everything. You don't know everything. And it's okay to learn or to say, I need to learn, or I'm struggling in this area. I need help. Get, get that professional help. It's worth it. Yes, I completely agree with you. And um, that's why that's a great note that you said, because that's why we're going to offer our live webinar coming up May 21st. Um, I didn't ask Marshana a lot of questions because she's going to be sharing those that special sneak peek on our live webinar. So if you have not signed up already, I suggest you do. It's going to be scheduled for May 21st at a um, 9 a.m. PST and 12 p.m. EST. It is currently going for $35. Honestly, that you're going to be receiving so much more information than what it's actually worth. Like I we could have potentially um, charged it for like a hundred or more because the information we're going to be sharing with you 
is super important and honestly take advantage of it now if you have nothing planned please secure your spot space is limited i believe we only have 20 more spots left and i know it's going to be sold out so i recommend for you to really save the date save the time and invest invest in yourself invest you're gonna be having two different people here we did similar approach same results different age um different seasons but we have the same results how we both how marshana said in the beginning i cannot criticize results results are results and we both did it in a very similar way so please save the date and secure your spot Yes, we are see we will see you there on the 21st and we are so excited to be in this live webinar and just really encourage you all. Like we said, we want to restore healthy mindsets and give more hope. So we'll see you there. We'll see you there. Thank you guys. I will be seeing you next Sunday. Thank you so much Marshana for being a part of becoming her podcast. All right, thanks for having me. Bye.